0: He's been advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump. And now, he's here to advise us all. Dick Morris is on 77 WABC.
1: I wonder get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in Silver
2: bells,
1: silver bells,
2: it's The following is a message, a special message, by uh, President Joe Biden to the Democratic Party.
3: Please help me, I'm falling.
2: Sorry, Joe, we can't help you. (laughs) I think Joe Biden is gone. I think that there is no chance that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris will appear on the ballot in 2024. Their ratings just are too low for zero. I mean, they have just crashed and they're continuing to crash. Uh, every time I do a program about it, I, my number is wrong. Thirty-nine percent. Oh, sorry, thirty-eight. Sorry, my, <laughs> thirty-seven. Sorry, thirty-six, and counting. You <laughs> an abacus. Yeah, you do. That was Doug Japiro, my personal muse here. <laughs> yeah, and how you doing? Um, so he is absolutely dropping like crazy. The Democrats can't renominate nominate him. Uh, and and when they see what happens in the congressional by-election, uh, any possibility of their embracing him is just gone. They're going to lose four or five seats in the Senate. They're going to lose all four seats that where they're vulnerable, where the Democrats are vulnerable, Arizona, New Hampshire, uh, Georgia, and um, and Nevada. They're going to lose those seats. They'll keep all, Republicans will keep all the open seats. Democrats will lose those four seats and probably one or two other seats. And they'll lose about 80 seats in the House. And out of that, after that kind of wipeout, they are simply not going to be able to put Biden up again. They just will not be able to do it. So the inevitable fate of Mr. Biden is.
1: You're gonna, lose that girl. Yes, yes, you're gonna lose that girl. you're gonna lose yes, yes, you're that, gonna that lose girl. You're gonna lose that girl. If you don't take her out tonight, she's gonna change she's her mind. Gonna change her mind. And I will take her out tonight, and I will treat her.
2: So, so what are they gonna do? Who are they gonna come up with? First thought would be that they'd come up with the runner-ups from the last cycle, uh, either, uh, either Bernie Sanders or Pete Buttigieg. But the, uh, the establishment won't accept Sanders any more than they did last time, and the left won't accept Buttigieg any more than they did last time. And the, there are two possibilities. The most likely one is that Barack Obama determines who the candidate is. One of the big moves that Obama made that nobody read at the time, but you're looking back at 2020, you see how brilliant it was, was he quietly advanced the date of the South Carolina primary until three days before Super Tuesday. That's like putting the Washington D.C. primary three days before Super Tuesday because a majority of the votes in the South Carolina Democratic primary are cast by African Americans. So he set that up as a signal to show the black community who they have to support on Super Tuesday. And Super Tuesday includes most of the southern states, which have large, large black populations. Uh, about 40 percent of the votes cast on Super Tuesday in the Democratic primary are by blacks. So the deal is they learn in South Carolina who, they, the, who the communities they would put it as supporting. And then they vote for them on Super Tuesday. And what that does is it completely eliminates the impact of the three primaries that come first. Uh, Iowa, New Hampshire and Nevada no longer mean anything. Doesn't matter don't need to read the stories when they come out, not important, because South Carolina will wipe them all out and will structure Super Tuesday, which in turn will structure the Democratic nomination and the Democratic convention. Obama designed that and it's absolutely brilliant. And what particularly brilliant is nobody caught on at the time. The genius behind this is David Axelrod, a colleague of mine, who I worked with briefly in the Clinton campaign, and it's just one of the more brilliant moves of our time. But there's a problem. I believe that Obama is going to face real competition for the nomination from the woke left. Hmm. Obama will probably go for, if, he, if he's a little crazy, Eric Holder, the extreme left-wing AG or a more moderate candidate like Cory Booker, senator from New Jersey, or Duval Patrick, the former governor of Massachusetts, uh, a kind of Obama-like candidate. But I do not think the left is going to be satisfied with that. I think the left is going to take a look and see Donald Trump coming down the highway and say, oh, my God, we can't let him get back in. OMG. And we're not going to put up this ticket we have now of Biden and Harris, uh, a ticket of senility running with incompetence. And we can't win with that. We need a younger, more robust, more uh, committed, more Hispanic, more female uh, collection of candidates. And I think what's going to happen is there will be a boom for AOC, and you're going to have what you, – you've heard of runaway juries where the jury just goes out and gives an award that nobody thought possible. Well, this is going to be a runaway primary. And just like George McGovern did in 1972 when nobody expected him to win and he just completely swept the primary uh, and lost the election, that's what's going to happen, what may well happen with AOC. Uh, and I think that it will be unstoppable in the primary. And the media will swoon over it. You know, this is what they've always loved, yeah. this spontaneous grassroots movement. And uh, and she'll fill that bill, I think, really well. So that's what I think is going to happen. And then let me go through the rest of it. Uh, she'll lose 50 states if <laughs> she gets that. There's a pattern here I think I've explained before, but let me just repeat it. In Britain and in America... Whenever the left loses an election, they move further and further and further to the left. You'd think they'd move to the center, but they never do. They always say, oh, we lost because we didn't get out of our vote. We weren't liberal enough. We didn't give them enough goodies. Uh, We didn't give them more deliverables, as they call it. And uh, if we do that, we'll get their loyalty and we'll win. So after Reagan beat Carter, the Democrats went for the left and nominated Mondale then when Mondale didn't carry anything except D.C. and, uh, and Minnesota, I think, uh, they nominated Dukakis, who was even worse. And it wasn't until Clinton came along that they got sanity and moved to the center. But the Democrats lost 10 years of elections between 1980 and 1992. And that's what's going to happen to them after they nominate AOC, an inevitable consequence of Joe Biden. And by the way, in Britain, the same thing happened when Thatcher defeated Callahan for prime minister. The next two candidates of the Labor Party were total lunatics, uh, Michael Foote and Neil Kennan. They actually endorsed leaving NATO and Britain becoming a non-aligned country. So uh, then and Labor lost uh, 15 years of elections until they finally woke up and nominated Tony Blair. And I think the same thing is going to happen to the Democratic Party. And, you know, it couldn't happen to a nicer group of people.
0: Yeah. Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC.
1: And I'm wondering how get down the stairs. To the left of me, Jokers to the right. Here I am stuck in the middle with you. Yes, sir.
2: Planning on a vacation this year. Uh, my advice to you is move to the state that is number one in the country in dealing with COVID. It's run by Ron DeSantis, and he's done every single thing CDC has not wanted him to do. And he has not done anything that CDC wanted them to do. CDC wanted masks, De- DeSantis said no. CDC wanted lockdowns. DeSantis said no. CDC wanted quarantines. DeSantis said no. And the result is that DeSantis and Florida have the best track record of all 50 states in the country in dealing with COVID. The
1: key. There's a place called Coca. That's where you wanna go
2: to it over now. The stats are incredible. The national average over the last eight days was 17 new cases of COVID per 100,000 people. Florida had six. Texas had nine. New York had 30. Massachusetts had over 100 all of the states that are doing what the cdc told them to do have higher covid rates than the other states hospitalizations too only 6 per 100,000 uh, 0.6 per 100,000 in florida uh, 0.1 in texas uh national average is point is 2.2 0.2, and new york is point 3 uh So the more you don't follow the the advice of CDC, the better your chance of not getting COVID. Uh, It's absolutely incredible. And yet Fauci continues, continues to give the same advice, continues to give the same input, Uh, masks that do not work, quarantining that is destructive and does not work, uh, hospitalization, uh, and and just a, a series of steps that simply are proving to be ineffective, at what point are they ever going to learn? You know, they they used to say about the bourbon kings of France, they learn nothing and they forget nothing. And that applies to the CDC, I think. So let's go to George in Buck County. Hey, George, how are you?
4: All right, Mr. Morrison, Fauci is a Keebler Elf, and he's a front for the establishment. So he's put out there to protect chi- the Chinese communists, the serial killers. He gets beat up all the time. But meanwhile, we should be going after the Chinese communists and getting some retribution through money for the people who are victims and their families of this deadly virus and poison that the Chinese put on, uh, put on yeah. our lands. A- they also
2: said- Amen to that. But instead of retribution, let's use the right phrase, reparations. And uh, if we... Uh, stopped debt payments to the Chinese, uh, which would hurt our credit rating, but so what? Uh, the, the whole world would, would be hurt. Uh, and we, uh, then we increase quotas and tariffs on Chinese products that are now 25%, hike them up to 100%. We would make a trillion dollars a year uh, from China. Uh, which would reimburse us for the enormous loss caused by COVID, uh, either caused by their invention or caused by their negligence. Take your pick. Let's go to Joe in the Bronx. Hey, Joe. Hey, Joe. Hey, Mr. Morris, you should have been a DJ with your selection of music. How is that? I That's cool. But tremendous. I've, I've Doug okay. DePiro with me, and we sit around for an hour beforehand going through the show, and we start <laughs> laughing hysterically at each other's choices of stuff. Like songs. little kids. Yeah. Wait till you hear what I have we have coming up. That's great. Go ahead.
4: Yeah, great. Um, well, I just wanted to mention, like, you brought up, you brought up uh, playing around with the primaries and moving around. Yeah. Uh, excluding right now super delegates, where we know they could rig the whole thing if they wanted to, the establishment on both parties. The thing is, they have done this before. This, this is no genius of Obama or Obama, or whatever his name is. Uh, this has been done before. I could tell this audience, moving the primaries around to hurt a candidate who would be able to raise a lot of money and would have that momentum going in, even though he had a
3: national following.
2: Yeah, but we've always had uh, New Hampshire, the first primary, and Iowa, the first caucus. That goes back to 1976 when that practice started. 76, yeah, Uh, no, yeah, no, 72, and uh, and it's continued since then. What Obama did was that instead of changing that, he put South Carolina third. Which is right next to Super Tuesday, and that meant that the blacks learned how to vote uh, in South. As a result of the largely black primary in South Carolina, and that carried over to Super Tuesday. Uh, let's go to Ralph in New Jersey. Okay, hey,
5: that was very
2: quick.
3: Thank you, uh, Mister Dick Morris. I want to make the case on why we need to
2: boycott the Olympic in Second, China. Second, amen,
3: amen. Thank you for saying that, Dick, okay? Because it's not just you. You probably know the name Gas Dragon, and you certainly know the name uh, Rich Lowry, okay? They yeah. are pushing for that idea as well. So that kind of, like, resonates for me for the following right. reason. It has been operating for procedure in China to make people disappear within their country. And if yeah. they are overseas, they kidnap, they abduct those people and then return yeah. them to China sea.
2: Yeah, you're, you're right. And uh, what Biden is doing is pathetic. He's saying he will not go to the Olympics and other diplomats won't go to the Olympics. The athletes will. The advertisers will. The fans will. But the politicians won't. And the phrase for this is a diplomatic boycott of the Olympics. And China is supposed to give a damn that a bunch of politicians won't show up at the Olympics. But the athletes all will. And we have no business at all letting China put itself on display with these Olympics. We shouldn't have done it in the first place because they're a repressive regime. We shouldn't have done it in the second place because they – The military created the COVID virus and either deliberately or by negligence let it infect the world. And they shouldn't do it also because the Ugar population is being slowly exterminated by the Chinese, not to mention their colonial and imperial takeover of Hong Kong and Macau, and they're now threatening Taiwan. This country does not deserve to have the Olympics, and we should boycott the Olympics. Uh, I agree with you completely on that, uh, Jack in Brooklyn. How are you doing, Jack?
6: Fine, thank you. Thank you so much for taking my call. I really appreciate it. Uh, first of all, I'd like to tell you thank you very much for putting some music into your thing, and, and the music is apropos to what you're going to say Isn't and what cool? you feel.
2: Isn't it cool? I, I love. Yes, that it's music. cool. <laughs>
6: you done right. It's cool. <laughs> I uh, it's great. What I really want also want to mention to you is about this COVID business that uh, I have been able to do something that has been very out of the ordinary, and that is to use water vapor for killing the corona. Mm-hmm. I found in my experience that it has killed very easily the corona. It's it's something that's been on, on, mm-hmm. on this earth a very short period of time. When mm-hmm. you think about all the bacteria and the, and the parasites and fungus and everything on this mm-hmm. earth that's been around for millions mm-hmm. of years, it, it's very hard to kill it. But...
2: Jack, I'm not qualified to comment on that, but I appreciate your coming on the air and telling us about it. Uh, the thing that I just read that really amazed me is that approximately 85% of the American people have either received two vaccines or actually got COVID, which means that they have antibodies against it. So this whole vaccine mandate is firing people from their jobs, turning the country upside down, screwing up the supply chain by firing truckers. And it's all because 15% of the country doesn't have antibodies. If they don't have antibodies, hey, it's their lookout. It's not ours. What the hell do I care whether they got the shot or not? And the fact that I got the shots or I had COVID, which I didn't, but others did, uh, makes means that I can't uh, get it. And uh, and what do I care who else did or did not get the shot? It's incredible to uh, go ahead and, and take this kind of position. Now, why is Florida defi- different than the rest of the country on COVID? First of all, Pfizer bought Biden and it owns Biden. Uh, Pfizer donated $400,000 to Biden's campaign for president and donated 100000 to Trump's, so you know where their loyalty lies. Pfizer hired one of the top aides to Biden uh, as one of their vice presidents. Pfizer held the vaccine from the market. And made no announcement that they had the vaccine until a week after Election Day, when they could have done it a week before Election Day. And that would have elected Trump, obviously. We would all have seen how successful Warp Speed was. Warp Speed, developing that vaccine was the most effective and important manifestation of a public-private partnership since the Manhattan Project in World War II that shortened the war with the atomic bomb. And Trump deserves all kinds of credit for that, but got none because Pfizer withheld it. And now Pfizer is getting payback. Everybody has to have the vaccine. Do you know what percent of Pfizer's revenue for this past quarter comes from that vaccine? 56% of their total revenues comes from the vaccine. 56%. This is a world drug company. This is one of the the biggest drug company in the world. And over half of its revenue comes from this vaccine. So when Biden pushes mandatory vaccination, every shot is a shot in the wallet and the pocketbook of Pfizer. Uh, And that's the key reason that he's doing it. And also because he wants to be defensive. So... When people attack him for COVID, he can say, look, I required everybody to get the shot. Tommy in Yonkers has a pretty good question. What's up, Tommy?
1: Hey,
4: uh, Mr. Morris. Um, first of all, people who get the shots, the vaccine, they still get the uh, virus. They still get called. They call it the breakthrough thing. Um, the thing is, um, I just wanted to bring up polling and everything in this country. I mean, the congressional elections next year and some governorships, Uh, A year away. I mean, a year is like a million years in politics. I don't know how accurate uh, polling could be right now, but I would just like to ask you the one question that would be really uh, the audience really has to understand this. I understand that the establishment of the Republican Party, even now people who identify themselves as conservatives, no matter what they are, support open borders through legal immigration. Legal immigration has rebuilt the left wing of the Democratic Party. You can't argue those facts. Exhibit A is out on the West Coast.
2: You're right. I hate to cut you off, but I've got a break coming up. You're right. But. I believe the Hispanic vote is shifting and becoming Republican, uh, and uh, I think the evidence clearly points in that direction. In terms of polling, yeah, you can't measure a year from now now because everything changes, but do you think Biden's going to be better in a year? Do you think inflation is going to be lower? Do you think there'll be less COVID? Uh, do you think the uh, there'll be less government spending? Come on. All well, of the no, trend lines no. are against them. So if you see how bad it is now, imagine what it will become later.
0: Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. <laughs>
1: Get down the stairs Clowns to the left of me Jokers to the right Here I am Stuck in the middle with you yes. Frosty Was a happy jolly soul
2: So in addition to hearing about Frosty the snowman Take a listen to what Bernie and Sid had to say About Andrew Corma.
4: How do you think Andrew feels right now? He got his brother fired.
3: He basically
4: did get he a got brother his fired. brother yeah. fired. Yeah. Let's face it Andrew Cuomo was a corrupt politician. We know that from all the stuff he did in Buffalo. The Moreland Commission was getting this close to Andrew Cuomo, he disbanded them. He's just a corrupt guy, and he dragged his brother into the corruption, you know, having him use his uh, journalistic sources to uh, dig up dirt on some of these accusers, essentially, is what happened, and that's why they fired.
2: So listen to Bernie and Sid in the morning, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. here on 77 WABC Talk Radio. There is a new philosophy, well, not a new one, but a, a philosophy that is clearly emerging in the minority community and in the Democratic Party. And you can see it on display in San Francisco and in many other cities throughout the country. And it's a philosophy that is revising the criminal justice system. And here it is in a nutshell. I mean, it's one thing to say that there are certain people that are criminals and they deserve to be prosecuted. But the woke left is preaching the gospel of looting and saying that it's fine saying that it's okay there's an article in one of the left wing publications this week saying in defense of looting and she says that looting has always been the major manifestation of protest against class against class war and against uh, the unequal distribution of income and wealth and uh, that line uh, just is unbelievable. It's an attempt to transform looting into a victimless crime, and when it's not a victimless crime, the, you're the victim in your higher insurance rates, in the higher prices you have to pay at stores, in the unavailability of merchandise, in the closing down of downtowns, boarding up of our cities, and uh, and it is far from victimless. But yet the left is actually, in effect, taking the position that taking the money and running is virtuous. In fact, what they're really saying to everybody is... (laughs) makes you feel good, just, just go ahead and do it. Yeah, sure. and, uh, and by the way, don't assume that those Louis Vuitton bags that are walking out of the stores because they fell off the back of a truck or a store window just got smashed, that they c- that poor people are using them to shop for groceries. Those bags, you can find them right now on the corner of Fifth Avenue and 55th to 56th. Right. They were raided out along Fifth Avenue. Uh, all of those, uh, all of those purses and uh, pocketbooks and everything were all laid out. And as soon as the cop comes, they gather it up. But otherwise, it's just sitting out there. Now you're going to have a lot of people on that corner. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a paid ad for, <laughs> for lo- the looters. For looting. <laughs> Go to 55th <50/50 laughs> and. <fifth> and <laughs> $22. You yeah, buy a bag. That's right. That's right and, and the, <laughs> take it if it makes you feel yeah, good. Yeah, sure. And But it is the decriminalization yeah. of crime that really is going on here. Now, I'm all for equality, and I'm all for evening things out economically. And that's why I supported and still support the Trump tax cut. And the information has now come out from the IRS that will settle or should settle. Facts never do. But they do matter should settle the entire debate over whether Trump's tax cuts were in fact to give away to the rich or helping the middle class. Here are the facts. If you make from fifteen thousand to fifty thousand dollars a year, the Trump tax cut cut twenty percent off your taxes. If you make fifty to one hundred, it cut sixteen percent. If you make one hundred to five hundred, it cut eleven percent. If you make five hundred to a million, it cut nine percent. If you make more than a million, it cut six percent. Those stats are twenty, sixteen, eleven, nine, and six. They go down as you get richer. The tax cut was aimed squarely at the middle class that 's the first time that 's ever happened uh, in the past. Tax cuts were all aimed at the rich. And the assumption was that they would trickle down to the middle class, but they never really trickled. And people came to see trickle down cynically as a, as a device to manipulate public opinion. But in fact, what Trump did was not to let it trickle down. He did tax cuts that were specifically aimed at the middle class. For example, he said, if you have a child, regardless of your income, you're going to get a $1,000 in effect, check from the government for each child uh, every year. Okay, and that, that there's nothing trickle down about that. It goes right to you, and uh, and the result was a huge tax cut aimed at the middle class and aimed at the poor. About 20 million people no longer have to file tax returns because of the Trump tax cut. So that was clearly uh, an example of how you can do that. How you can give, promote equity, uh, and, and give people what they need.
1: Give a little bit, give a little bit of your love to me. I'll give a little bit, I'll give a little bit of my love to
2: you. The one tax that can't be cut is the inflation tax. And the inflation tax falls heavily, most heavily, on poor people, on middle-income people, because taxes are graduated, okay? The more money you make, the more taxes you pay. But when you go to buy a tube of toothpaste, they don't ask you how much money you make. They just tell you it's $10. It used to be $5, and now it's 10 And everybody pays the $10, somebody who makes – 10,000 a year pays the 10 bucks. Somebody who makes 50 a year pays it. Someone who makes a million a year pays it. Everybody pays it. The same amount. And that is regressive. That falls unbelievably on the poor and the middle class. And, uh, and that is the kind of tax policy in effect that Biden is pushing. Let's go to April in Astoria. Hey, April.
5: Yes, hi. I, I was um, thinking about what you were saying about the, um, you know, the bags that are being stolen from mm-hmm. the designer stores. Um, I believe that the ones that are being sold on Fifth Avenue, with uh, those men from, you know, uh, yeah. Africa, and they put, those are knockoffs, I believe, aren't they? Because... They're not sold for the same price. I know people who buy them. They say, oh, they look pretty good. They almost look real. Okay. And the reason why the cops and the men are running from the cops is because it's against the law to sell knockoffs because it's hurting the real designers.
2: Yeah. Well, April, I'm never going to fight with a woman about purses. Never, <laughs> ever. I, I would lose that argument. So <laughs> thanks for calling in and clarifying <laughs> that. I appreciate it. You're so right. Oh, hey, Judith from Brooklyn, Judith. my favorite human being on hey, Earth. Hey, Judith. Hey, Judith. Now, this time, kid, uh, give your phone number to one of these friendly operators. We do. So I, I actually, can call you. I
5: actually I actually did. I actually did. Yes. But you know what? Oh, I didn't the get it. The longer I hold on to you and listen to everyone. By the way, do you know what a gypsy ear is? Does Doug know what a gypsy ear is? No. No. It, it's someone that is very musically inclined. It can really hear things really well. I got to give Steve from Manhattan credit. He must, he must have three telephones there. He got him off three times today. I want you to know oh, a different name. Steve from Manhattan. Okay, but let me get to it. You know, I know you have a great sense of humor, and I think Doug would enjoy this, too, before I ask my question, if I may. You know, you remember when con artist Hunter Biden took up painting? Remember? <laughs> yeah. all, his, all of a sudden he came up, Paint the con yeah. artist. Yeah. So I thought of a few paintings myself. I'll just go with one of them titled Pledge of Allegiance, and there's Joe Biden saluting the flag, but it's the Chinese flag. That's what I'm painting. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, that says it all. That says it all, right? It's okay. Rudy just so, brought
2: that up to us before. Yeah, right. Go okay, ahead, wait, please.
5: No, I have other paintings, but I'll hold off. Let me ask you a question. You're talking about AOC in my stomach term, but um, <laughs> something more dangerous than AOC. Do you think Michelle Obama would run? Mm, what are yeah. the chances?
2: Well, I think that they wanted her to run last time. I think that after South Carolina, uh, they, uh, Biden refu- didn't name a vice president, and he said it would be a woman, and uh, he kept it open for two months. And the rumor is, from sources that are really credible, is that he wore out the knees on his pants begging for her to run. And uh, that she just decided she does not want politics, she doesn't like politics, she doesn't want to be involved in it. And I take her at her word. If she ran, she would be very formidable. I mean very formidable. And it um, and would be tough. On the other hand, you can never tell what happens when a politician who is always scripted goes off script and has to ad lib and has to field questions and stuff like that. And uh, she never had to do that. So we'll see. We'll see, Judith. And thank you very much for calling.
0: Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC.
1: And I'm wondering how i get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stopping the You know you're the mastermind.
3: Run, run, Rudolph, Randolph ain't too far behind. Run,
2: run, Rudolph, that has got to make it to town. At last, we have proof, proof that Democrats are nuts. Uh, I'm serious. Gallup did a poll that they've done every year where they asked people to describe their own mental health. And they said, would you rate your mental health as excellent, good, fair, or poor? And then they broke down how many people said excellent and what their demographics were. And 41% of Republicans said their mental health was excellent. But only 32% of independents said their mental health was excellent. And only 29% of Democrats said their mental health was excellent.
1: Crazy I'm crazy for fear.
0: This
2: is great. And, and that's not me saying it. This is they they're self-reporting. 29 <laughs> percent of the Democrats said their mental health was excellent. 41 percent of Republicans and said And that's that the one that admitted. Those little people admitted. Yeah, that admitted. The ones that admit it. And by the way, the other data is really interesting too, <laughs> uh, of church attendance. 46 percent of those who go to church every week said excellent mental health. of those who attended only every month and only 29% of those who said they seldom or never attended church had excellent mental health. And 41% of those who were married said they had excellent mental health. They had to say it. And 27% of the unmarried said that. And, of course, it was skewed by income, too. Those making less than forty thousand twenty seven percent said their health was excellent. Those making forty to a hundred thirty one percent said their mental health was excellent and of those making over a hundred thousand dollars a year forty five percent said their mental health was excellent. Money may not be the key to happiness, but it sure as hell is the key to mental health. <laughs> and a lot of drinking. <laughs> and uh, and by the way it's interesting to note that there was no racial difference uh, 32% of the blacks and 35% of the whites said they had excellent mental health so um that was interesting but come on if you've ever wondered are the democrats crazy well <laughs> just just look at the stats <laughs> they are completely out of their minds and and that's that's evident um <laughs> let's go to uh larry in brooklyn hey larry Hey, well,
4: I, um, I, I, what? Um, I, I mean, I think the de- Democrats—they—they're going to be collecting disability checks if we keep pushing it. They're lunatics. We know they're lunatics. They know their lunatics, yeah, they're lunatics. But they—they're getting their way, yeah. and. Um, Judy called in before. That's really Steve from Manhattan disguising his voice, just to let you know. But the Democratic Party is really a party of of hard left that controls their party now. But they're getting bigger and bigger, and they're controlling everything. Just teaching school children that white people are the R word is, is, is child abuse, but it's also lunacy. Insanity, too, we know that they know it I'm, too I'm they know, you, we know it, and
2: they know I'm glad you brought that up, Larry, and called it child abuse. Uh, I think that think of the effect on a mixed marriage uh one out of every ten Americans is in a mixed marriage, racially mixed, and soon we're going to start calling men and women a mixed marriage <laughs> yeah, right. a, a racially mixed marriage <laughs> and and um and the <laughs> and think of the impact on a racially mixed marriage when a fourth grader learns that his uh white father is exploiting his black mother and that all of the wealth that he's accumulated comes from having exploited her how horrible what's he is supposed that? to do with that oh. in terms of his going home and if it's a divorce situation or separated does it add fuel to that fire I mean, what a horrible, horrible thing to do to a child. And you are so right, so right, when you call it uh, child abuse. You're absolutely correct. Uh, let's go to Andrew and Stanhope. Hey, Andrew.
3: I'm one of the one in ten mixed marriage, but uh, if you watch the TV commercials, it's 99% are mixed marriages. <laughs> and uh, the Democrats, no, they're not crazy. They were some of them were just screaming at the sky when Trump won. <laughs> won. Yeah, right. remember that they yeah. were randomly yeah. screaming. Right, but uh, I want to say uh, tax cuts. If they say, "Well, Trump cut taxes for the rich," well, that's true, but it's still misleading. But another person, yourself, you probably advised Bill Clinton to lower the capital gains tax, and it yep. was an infamous moment in the debate Hillary had with Obama. Yep. Hillary defended that and said the revenue increased when the capital gains tax, and it it stimulated growth. And Obama was so twisted that he actually – he admitted it was true and and it worked, but he said, I still wouldn't do that because it's it's unfair for people to pay a lower rate.
2: I got the same line from – from uh, reuben the treasury secretary under clinton and uh, he told me i know it gives no revenue i know that in fact when you raise the rates nobody invests the capital gains revenue falls it's a tax that costs you money but it's socially just and we have to go ahead and do that and it was the craziest answer i'd ever heard of it was unbelievable and uh but you know biden is but the general point is that higher taxes do slow economic growth do cut revenues do increase spending and uh, and that's really what we're looking at all over the place well, let's go to George in Manhattan hey George hi George
6: hi there uh mr Morris uh originally you know in the beginning of your uh great program that I enjoy really thank you uh, is because uh of course, you speak uh, very accurately, and you provide us with tremendous knowledge that's not very available uh, elsewhere. Thank you. Now, I regarding appreciate that. AOC, you mentioned AOC in New York uh, City in particular is going to have tremendous opportunities of winning. Yep. Uh, in any election, because 30% of the Hispanics, including Puerto Ricans, automatically vote as a block and will vote for her no matter what, yeah. her politics.
2: I think, I think you're right about that, and I think black voters will follow suit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, what's happening generically here is that the moderates are leaving the Democratic primary. Jews are leaving the Democratic primary. I mean, uh, conservative Jews. Uh, white ethnics are leaving the Democratic primary. I dare you to find a, a middle-aged uh, Italian or Irish person who's in, who's a Democrat still. They've left the party and they're Republicans. So the primary is in the hands of these crazies. Patsy Cline has it nailed, mm. and uh, and that's what you're going to see uh, in the next election. Let's go to Mike in Brooklyn. Hey, Michael. How
3: you, how you doing, Dick? What's up? Doing great.
2: Well, you the tell me. Reason,
3: the reason
4: I'm calling is um, recent reports about Russia preparing to invade the Ukraine has got me very concerned. You should be. What do you say, how serious do you think this threat is?
2: Very, very, very serious. Um, I know a lot about the Ukraine. I was with Clinton when he signed the treaty pledging to come to Ukraine's aid in the event of an invasion. Everybody's forgotten about that treaty. Mm-hmm. Ukraine gave up its nuclear weapons that it had there when Russia broke up, Soviet Union broke up, and it agreed to decommission them in return for that guarantee, but nobody even talks about the guarantee, it's like it didn't ever exist, and uh, Russia needs the Ukraine, because it's not a superpower without it, Russia's population is 145 million and dropping, Ukraine is 53 million. So with the Ukraine, it's a superpower, 200 million people. Without the Ukraine, it's, it's one quarter smaller. And the Ukraine provides all of their bread, all of their agricultural products, and, uh, and is vital to the country. So when... When Clinton expanded NATO to include Poland and Hungary, the Russians were terrified that he was going to expand it to include Ukraine, and they've tried ever since to overthrow that government, having already tried to poison my client, Yashenko, who was the pro-democracy guy, and the KGB invited him to a peace meeting, and they served soup, and they laced it with dioxin and destroyed the guy's face and and his health. Uh, Russia, we have to take Russia very seriously on this. And Biden is doing absolutely nothing. Biden issued a statement saying he would strongly condemn uh, if they took over. And uh, Blinken said there would be terrible consequences if Russia invaded the Ukraine. Well, how about a division of American troops, guys? I mean, how about sending the military... Uh, into Poland at least, so it's sitting there on the border with mm. Ukraine, sure. just that the Russians are sitting on the other border with the Ukraine. Uh, a step like that would take care of this. But Biden is so timid and so terrified so weak. and so weak and so senile, weak, 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 weak. And that's why you have Taiwan in danger. That's why you have the South China Sea and Vietnam in danger. It's why you have Ukraine in danger, uh, because of this incredible, unbelievable weakness at the top here. This would
0: never happen with Trump.
2: Never, never. Uh, and uh, and when, when you have this kind of weakness, you're going to test it. Lenin once said, and Putin put, reportedly puts – it's one of his main quotes. He said, probe with a bayonet, and if you find mush, push harder. But if you find steel, take out the bayonet. And uh, he's finding mush, and uh, I think that this could be horrible. Uh, it really means the resumption of the old Soviet Union and the old USSR, and uh, it, it's with all of its imperialism. It's absolutely uh, terrifying. So we covered a lot today. We talked a little bit about the Democrats dumping Biden and, uh, and his plea uh, to the Democratic Party that I think we – Broadcast earlier in the show.
3: Please help me, I'm falling
1: in love with
2: you. Oh, he's falling. On. Poor Biden is falling, the and the him. and the Democrats are going to dump him, and uh, he's going to be uh, he's going to be toast, like a cheap suit. Yeah, like a cheap suit. And we talked about how Florida, despite. Disregarding every single thing that Fauci and the CDC want and doing the exact opposite. No masks, no mandates, no lockdowns, no closures, no social distancing, freedom and education. Teaching people what's going on, enlightening them, and then treating them as adults to take care of themselves. That has made Florida the lowest in the country of all 50 states in COVID infections. We talked about how looting is being decriminalized and indeed praised on the left for being income redistribution and social justice. We talked about the proof that has now emerged from the IRS that Trump's tax cut was uniquely aimed at the middle class. Uh, if you make under 50,000, your taxes went down by 20%. If you make 50 to 100, they went down by 16. If you make 100 to half a million, they dropped by 11. The lower your income was, the more the cut was. And then we talked about the definitive fascinating study by Gallup, where they asked people, how's your mental health? And 41% of Republicans said excellent, but only 29% of the Democrats said excellent. And we played Patsy Cline's Crazy.